All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite city. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ come upon you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? What's up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa. And we are joined this week by a very special guest. If you listen and you're from Tuscaloosa, I'm sure you know this man. He has done stand-up around here. His Instagram is guaranteed to make you hungry. One of the funniest guys I know, Adam Conjure. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. We Although, are very excited you're here, man. I, I do yeah. have to uh, address something up front. Um, do it. About So I've been out of the comedy game for a while. I'm on an <laughs> extended hiatus, I guess. But um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an inconvenient truth about stand-ups and podcasting which are you know very close-knit communities usually comedians are either funny on stage or they're funny on a podcast they're not both usually it's very rare that someone is both funny in both settings so this is just to say i'm going to warn you up front i'm great on stage i'm very funny and those of y'all who are listening at home if you're disappointed in this episode by my contributions you can go listen to my album it'll make up for it i promise (laughs) but um I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm not great on podcasts, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and weaponize that self-awareness and work against it tonight. So fair enough. Just a little just a little heads up for you. So uh, I reached out to Adam to do the episode with us today because we are doing the movie X. This I have movie questions came- about this. <laughs> about your intention here. Well, I'll tell you what really what it came down to when this movie came out earlier this year, this is the one that people have been messaging us about. They're they're replying to our posts, they're in our DMs. Are you going to do X? Are you going to do X? We try to wait for something to go streaming, but we decided a sweet spot for this movie was the fact that Pearl was going to come out uh, this weekend. So when I was looking through ideas for guest hosts and for some people, Adam has an amazing letterboxed history. Okay. Uh, your, your movie reviews are great. And when this one was rating so high, I was like, this is a good one to bring on a guy who has great critical analysis of movies because this thing right now is topping at like 96, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot of people seem to really like it. And there's a kind lot of unheard of in the horror genre. Yeah. Like, that's very also, rare. Yeah. I haven't looked at any criticism for it, but that's not what I was expecting. So. <laughs> and so, so I, I reached out to you for this one because I knew your analysis. This is one that, that, plays more into the analytical game than just the, ooh, let's just talk about all the fun ways they killed people. We are going to talk about that. But this movie played, I thought it played more to the hand of the fact that you are very good at describing what you like and don't like about movies, breaking things down, especially movies that I've seen you very recently. Oh, your, your Love and Thunder review lately where you were like, hey, Sorry if you're super into it, but like, here it goes. Like, and so I was like, all right, so it's a guy who's not afraid to get one. And if you don't like it, even if other people do. So I just figured it was a good one to have you on. Well, that's very kind of you to say. And I I do appreciate that very much. Um, The, 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 here's the thing. I, 
I really wanted to know why, if you picked me intentionally for this movie based on different criteria, because I didn't know what I was getting into when you asked me to do the show. Right. Um, you were like, yeah, we're going to do X by Ty West. And I was like, okay, great. I like, you know, the innkeepers and house of the devil. Sure. Let's do it. And then I started watching it and I was like, okay, hang on. Um, Daniel watched this movie and then said, who should we get to talk about this? <laughs> Let's get the guy who's a vice principal at a private Christian school <laughs> to talk about this. Oh, hey, I teach at a Catholic school. Oh, nice. Orthodox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I um, know I will be honest. I actually had not watched this movie. Uh, I tend to uh, I hadn't watched the movie when I asked you to do it. I just did it based on, like I said, critical reception. Yeah. So, uh, hey, we're all teachers here. You know, this is a safe space to talk yeah. about a movie such as this one. And so when, when we start to look into X, what we get here is it's fun at parts. It's very thoughtful. It's something that is fresh while still feeling nostalgic in the horror genre. So I'm going to start with you, Adam. And I just want to know once all of this kind of set in, you know, did it deliver on the promise of being this nostalgic gore fest while still being fresh? Um, I guess as I hinted just a few seconds ago, I don't think this is the type of movie I would have watched on my own given <laughs> like the subject matter and uh, how it gets into things. I'm, I'm also just not a big slasher guy. I tend to prefer um, more like, you know, ghost story or like you know, stuff like the witch or, you know, right. things like that. That's more my jam. Um, I think that this movie wears its influences on its sleeve and it's very open about that. Um, and I think what West is trying to do is to make something that shares all the DNA of its influences, but also makes a very concerted effort um, to make to make the care. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call the characters complex, um, for but a they have though. yeah. First latcher, they have they have nuance, and I think the thing that's most important is that um, you you know the movie comes these characters come front loaded with assumptions because they're trying to make a a dirty movie, you know right. Uh, but they are at heart, I think, kind people, and they don't they don't deserve what happens to them. And I think that's what West was trying to accomplish is to say, you know, you may disapprove of what's going on here and what's happening, but I'm also going to make sure that um, you know, the there's enough nuance to these characters and there's enough that they, you know, not just in what they say, but also in how they treat people, how they treat the old couple. Um, I'm going to give you a real dynamic there um, that adds an element of tragedy to this that's usually not present. So I I think ultimately I came down um, kind of in the middle of the road, like in the three-star area, because I think the influence is like... Well, don't give it away just yet. <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. You want to save the, the, the boobs and the and the gory kills for the end, man. That's that's true. Yeah. My bad. How to, Okay, how to phrase this. Um <laughs> I don't. It's okay, you I, just did. I, yeah, I, I don't think. Um, I don't think I'll revisit this again down the road, but I do think it has uh, a handful of redeeming qualities, and I do think it's one of those rare movies that actually justifies a prequel. So we can get into that mm. later too. Okay, um, Dave. That's that's where uh, I come down on it. Be, before I continue, uh, uh, one of my uh, coworkers and, and uh, <laughs> dear friend, uh, I, I think of him as uh, as my work husband. Uh, Andrew Harriman coming in and says, oh, I love it. And I teach theology. Yes, he does. He is a theology teacher. Um, yeah, I um, 
I love this. Um, from from the very first trailer, um, I was my my interest was piqued because it seemed like a gritty slasher in the vein of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was the vibe that I got yeah. right away. And um, and so I um, I was immediately drawn in. I was like, all right, I got this. And then it was Ty West, right? You know, um, and, and House of the Devil's a, a, a modern day classic. Right? Oh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So so it's like, fuck, I'm I'm in, man. And uh, you know, and, and Andrew again, yeah, him him too. Who isn't, I think, a Ty West fan if you're um if you're a fan of horror, uh, you know, modern horror. And I, I I think, you know, he's he's part of this this swing into this pseudo elevated horror you know not all of them are, are elevated horror but guys like jordan peele and 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 guys like um ari aster uh, like ari aster thank you mm-hmm. that's always the the next guy i get to you know, <laughs> that that are kind of um making horror respectable again you know i feel like uh william friedkin did the exorcist and then people forgot that horror was good still Right. And uh, and so guys like this come around and then they, they make something that, uh, you know, yes, has all that DNA, like you were talking about, Adam, of, of the stuff that came before. But I think it also has a lot to say, like the stuff that came before. Um, Andrew comes in and says, Chainsaw meets any 80s movie by a lake. Yeah, kind of. Um, and um, I... I think that, you know, even if you look back at Texas Chainsaw, which you know, clearly is one of the heavy influences here, there was a lot to say in that movie, too. You know, it's, it, there's there's a lot of social commentary about what's going on in, in, in Vietnam and what's going on in, in, in our own country uh, at that time. And, and I think a lot of times we forget because of how influential these movies became on your stock slasher movie that these movies did have something to say back then. Um, and, and, and they have something to say today. I, I think there's two major themes that run through this movie. Uh, one, which I picked up on the very first time I watched it. And the second one, which I picked up on, on the second viewing earlier this week that it, to me, make this worth the rewatch aside from the fun factor for me. It's um, it's, it's how, how amazingly layered I think this movie is. Yeah, what's we'll great what's great about this movie is that it did deliver on exactly what I kind of thought I was going to get after watching the trailer. I thought I was going to get a, a modern throwback type movie, and that's exactly what I got. And I think that it delivered on the aspect of being fun in far more than I thought it would. I went into I went into this movie. I managed to stay pretty blind on this. I'd seen that trailer and that was it. So I kind of knew that I, I understood the concept of the fact that this was a this was a group that was going to they were looking to make an X-rated film and then things went horribly wrong. That's pretty much all I knew when I got into this. And what it delivered on was managing to stay tense until it got to that point where the action finally kicked in. What's great about this movie is for the first while, 
I mean, it's a long time before anybody dies in this movie. In this movie, and then they just pile it on. It all happens very, very. They don't. Quickly. They don't stop dying. No, no, they don't. <laughs> and it all happens extremely quickly. But you're not left in that weird limbo space that you get into sometimes in these movies, where in an attempt to just get you there, you're just doing circles. And I, I talked when when Nick and I did Antlers. A couple weeks back, I said that one of the biggest problems there was they thought they were building layers and building tension, but they were just stir. They were just circling the drain with all these storylines that ultimately went nowhere. Mm -hmm. And this movie managed to create characters that I cared about. It, it managed to it managed to take the trope of bad things happening to not so great people and remind you that there's still people and. They're just because they're making a porno doesn't make them bad people. And yes, the main character has a coke habit, but it doesn't define <laughs> her life, you know. And so it's. I it, think she wants I, it to, though. <laughs> I think so. I do think so. She, you got to uh, do a lot of cocaine to have it define your life, though. <laughs> but um, and so you know, they, a, a hashtag, you know, speaking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they they managed to create characters that were, were I, I think Adam used the word nuanced and, and they, 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 I, I cared about these people and, and I actually, I wasn't just waiting for them to get killed or waiting for the action to kick in. I genuinely cared about what most of these people got up to, not all of them, but for the most part, I, I cared, which is not something you think about when you think about a slasher it's like oh look there's trashy teenagers they're gonna die cool cool i don't care but this that's where the you know it's that that word elevated just gets thrown around so much but that's where that comes in is that idea of not just the nostalgic gore fest but adding the element of a story that people care about and characters that you would like to see live it took a lot of those tropes and it's very aware, uh, Ty West is very aware, and this movie itself is very aware of what it was doing and how it was going to be in your face with some of those things, but subvert some of those things as well. And it kept you on your toes as to which ones it was going to do. And that led to a movie that I found to be a blast. And it was really something that it was, it was more than I expected it to be. And and I will say that because I really thought it was just going to be people go to a farmhouse, they get slaughtered, end of story. And it did a lot more than that. So I was impressed. I really enjoyed that. Which, by the way, I think I would have been okay with the people go to farmhouse, people die in farmhouse you know, um, routine. Yeah, I mean, your wonderful host here, Podcasting World, if you missed it, gave the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre four or five stars. Like, we're not looking for a lot <laughs> in our slashers. Yeah, just don't suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just don't suck. And so, yeah, I, I would have been too. And that's why I was so pleasantly surprised. Um, so I, I agree with everything you said, um, but I don't... It's more like I appreciate what the movie does, but it didn't quite get me there. It didn't quite, it didn't get me to the point where I was like upset about what was happening to the characters. It was more like, oh, I realize what he's doing here. He's giving us people who are human and sympathetic, but they're still going to die anyway. And, and so I think that kind of took me out of it a little bit where it was like, okay, I just, I'm just going to dissociate now because, you know, this is their fate and this is what's been set up. And 
Fair enough. I, I don't but, think it's bad by any <laughs> means. Um, I think I think West is definitely onto something, and I think there are a number of other themes and conversations in the film um, that do deliver on on the nuance. But in that case, it was more like I appreciate this, but I'm not I'm not like fully on board. That, I, I find that's uh, people feel that way sometimes about um, various different bands. Like, like Fish mm-hmm. is kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it's like they're, they're a lot easier to um, uh, appreciate than they are to enjoy. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's like I would love to get into Rush, but I don't know the first thing about appreciating what Rush does, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Well, jo- join us next week when we start Shiver, a Rush <laughs> podcast where uh, where I will walk you through uh, all of Rush's catalog. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Whole I can't geek out over time signatures and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe the greatest rock band of all time. I'll just, I, I, I'll just drop that little nugget there. Or uh, 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 Warhammer. You know, it's another example. It's like I would love to, you know, go to college for Warhammer because apparently that's what it takes to get into it. But um, <laughs> like, I can't do more than just a and, and, then, and then there's forty K. trust fund. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't even know those were different things. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know way too much about unimportant things. Um, so uh, before we move on, uh, Andy comes in. Uh, Andrew, sorry. Uh, this movie shows you you can make a new slasher film and stay in line with classics and make a great movie. And I think that that's a rare thing that we have a movie that uh so clearly identifies itself as a throwback and yet accepts that it is a modern movie um i i think it's one of its best qualities um so to to move on into our our, our next segment which um uh, I, I i think i i outdid myself today in um in in our uh show note titles um so uh a, a section i'm calling gonzo storytelling uh because uh, everyone's favorite uh pornography is of course gonzo porn right sure um so <laughs> <laughs> Andrew says 100%. Of course it is. Just get in there and start fucking, right? Uh, who cares about the pizza? Who That's cares about the pizza? That's not where my mind went when you said Gonzo. You, were, uh, you thought you, of the Muppet. You were, the, you were right. in the Muppet space, weren't you? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen that one, too. I just... <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> what do you think that nose is for? Uh, okay, so uh, there's a plot here that is just as absurd as it is, I think, nuanced, right? Um this is territory that I think, if handled uh, incorrectly, could have very easily just been an exploitation movie. And uh, Ty West handles it deftly, I think. So, um, uh, but I don't want to know what I think because I know what I think. Uh, I want to know what you all think. Um, does how he handles this material help or hurt this movie? And in the end, does, is it a good story? Uh, so at Adam, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Uh, well, I have to full disclosure. Um, I, I ended up skipping through some of the more lurid stuff, just fast forwarding a little bit. Cause I was like, I'm not really, that's okay. I watched some of it two or three times. So I watched <laughs> it, it, all, it all evens out. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um, I, so I can't speak to that firsthand. I did watch the, the dead meat episode on it last night. Um, the kill count. Are y'all familiar with mm. that? Yeah. 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 Um, and in that show, he talked a lot about some behind the scenes stuff with the intimacy coordinator and everything. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, yeah, West was trying to keep it tasteful and like not, 
being like, okay, this is what the characters are doing and I'm not hiding that, but also I'm not reveling in it either. And I'm not going to like make this a thing that you come to, uh, you know, to, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I know what you to mean. To ogle it. Like I'm going to leave enough right. space in your mind to where it's not fully pornographic and distracting. Right. Yeah. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I th- yeah. I, I think yeah, it was necessary to the story. What was there, I think benefited the story. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I well, so to go back to your original question, um, I all I needed to know was what they were doing, like what their goals were, in order for the story to make sense. I do have a lot of questions about Pearl and Howard, and really, it, it's it's really rare for me to think this because normally I think there's just too much backstory in modern movies, and they they tend to over-explain everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's especially with horror movies, it's really I think it's really good when you have the freedom to fill in details for yourself um, right. because there's more mystery to that and there's more tension to that. But um, in this case, there's a few questions, there's a few offhand comments and there's the man in the basement and it made me wonder, okay, what exactly is going on between the two of them and why, why did it lead to this specifically? Like there's got to be more going on here than just we're jealous of these young kids who can still, have sex and so that's one of the reasons where i'm like i would actually be interested in a prequel to this because i don't there's there's some there's a um there's a missing link there that i wasn't Mm -hmm. finding um so i think in terms of what the characters do i think it sets them up well and it sets up what makes them sympathetic perfectly um but i actually wanted more from the villains um so that's 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 my initial reaction to it. I don't know. Maybe you'll notice something I didn't. Yeah, no, that's that's super fair. And I think that you're right in saying that this is this is a time where a prequel that's coming out because of the story that we're delivering. The prequel that's coming out doesn't feel like a cash grab. Mm-hmm. It feels like a legitimate reason to explain what's going on because that was the part of the story that we were left to fill in the most blanks to guess kind of what we thought led them to this point they were shot back to back it it was intended that way right yeah Yeah. which and and there's there's two things in particular which is one when lorraine is trapped in the basement and she sees the guy hanging there and he's been just you know graphically desiccated and all this other stuff um and then there's one line where uh i can't remember if it's it's right after she pushes bobby lynn into the into the lake and howard says was that the one and I was like, okay, this is there's way more to what's going on here than just what we're being told. And so that's the stuff where I was like, I need I need more to this to kind of like get in their headspace, so to speak. Yeah. And so with with the story that we do have here though, uh I think it's it's pretty straightforward in in what we've got, right? We've got the girl who's a stripper, she's dating the owner of the strip club and he's going to make her a star because she is destined for more you know she's she's not gonna she's not what she kept saying you know i'm not, I'm not gonna be forced to live the life i was born into or whatever. i will not accept the life i do not do deserve. Not deserve yeah there it is yeah um and so we get we we've got this character who is like i like i said earlier she's she has a coke habit she is a stripper she's making porno but we're never left in a position to feel you know, like, like the story doesn't set us up in a position where we're supposed to necessarily have this insane amount of sympathy for where she is coming from or what she's gotten into or what she's doing. What, what we get here is a, 
it's a pretty straightforward slasher story, right? Setup, survival. And so when we start to look at kind of everything that comes together, I think that Adam, you, you, you crushed it in the fact that what makes this story the most fascinating are the plot holes that we can't fill in. Why is Pearl so into uh, is so into uh, Mia Goth? All of a sudden, I've just completely forgotten Max, her name. Maxine. Max, thank you, yeah. Maxine. Yeah, why? Why is she so into Maxine specifically? Why Which, is why is there you know just something about this particular instance that just has her so horned up? I mean, Jess, there, there is, there is no other way to put it, right? Whatever the this group of people, Maxine specifically, has Pearl engine is revving, right? She's that, she's that diesel. You got to warm it up, but she gets there, and and then and then it, and then she's then she's unstoppable. The world is hers once she spends the first two acts of this movie getting warmed up, and so you you look at the story of these people you've got the the idea of they are the sexually liberated ones you get you, you know you get that idea of these characters are the ones who just acknowledge that sex is a fun part of life and they there's a line in there where uh, Bobby Lynn says and I want to make sure I have plenty of it before I'm too old for it or something mm-hmm. and so you their storyline is this amazing side by side uh, of of kind of what we're led to believe used to be Pearl's life. And so they they do a really good job of constantly keeping those two things in sync with this story, which is fascinating. I, I think that one of the standout moments uh, of this movie, I mean, even above the kills, there there's the scene where there where Bobby Lynn is singing landslide. And they're all just they're all just sitting around drinking beer. And we get this side by side of Pearl and they're singing Landslide, which, by the way, as I approach 40, I've finally hit that moment in my life where Landslide like puts me on the verge. <laughs> right? Like, I, like, I listen to like, every time I hear Landslide now, I'm like, oh, God, like, don't cry. And so, and they, they did it. And that, man, that's that, it's that, that punk rocker looking at 40 thing. Like, I didn't know I was going to make it this far. I don't need a song that reminds me about it. Uh, Andrew Harriman saying, we think that we think the same. Yeah. It's, it was, it was such a good scene that showed how in sync they were keeping these two storylines that until that, until a little bit later in the movie were decently separate. And so, the idea of the girl who's the boom mic girl suddenly deciding she wants to be in the movie and, and they convince her, I get that that was a catalyst for kind of what happened first. I felt like that mm-hmm. part was kind of shoehorned in. Um, I think that I, I've, leads, got an, I've got an argument for that. Okay. I, yeah, I think that leads to the best scene in the movie, which right? Is when, which is when RJ's in the shower <laughs> and just, just crying. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, this whole time he's, he has positioned his, him, himself as a visionary who's who's like, I'm going to be the one to turn pornography into art. Right. Uh, and then he realizes like, there is no doing that because it, you have to like, it involves real people doing a real thing. It can't be simulated. It can't be uh, created, so to speak. And it, it gets to a point where it affects him personally and he can't separate himself from it. And yeah. it, like, it's just, it's a brutal thing because it, it just humiliates him completely. 
and then he becomes you know the first victim yeah they so like i can okay so when i look like i said i can see where it was the catalyst for everything that that was to come it just it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere so i'll i'll leave that to dave to to talk about a little bit since you've got a point but for the most part i felt like this story was a a, a degree higher than what we normally get story-wise. I think that when we get into characters, I think there's a lot more. But I think surface-level story-wise, we only got a little bit higher than what we generally get out of a slasher. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm fine with it. But that was the, the actual story that was kind of played out here, the best parts were the parts that were left to us to wonder what was happening and so there there's some good to that and there's some bad to that so um actually most of what i want to say about story um i'm gonna leave for a little later okay uh, for for another session with <laughs> for when one we start, we're not talking uh, about story for, yeah and and that's i think one of the best things about this movie is that like you said i mean it's just a notch above your standard slasher story but it's all about the subtext not about the text itself that, that spoken that I like think a true is, english teacher yeah <laughs> that that i think it's is about is, the story that's not shot. written <laughs> <laughs> yeah heavy metal is about when you're not playing <laughs> it's jazz it's jazz uh that that too yeah <laughs> stop stop just, just just okay there just you go time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh before i get to um a couple of points I wanted to say, uh, Andrew, uh, who clearly should have been a guest host today, uh, <laughs> uh, says the only yeah, thing to identify yeah, <laughs> with Mia Goth's character. And if you see it, it's like a Ryan Murphy horror series with Mia Goth playing a young old lady. But there's a bond or identity quality of the old lady and Mia Goth. But in reality, it's the same life based off of the Pearl trailer. Yeah, I haven't seen Pearl and the yet. Same actress. And it's, yeah, it's the same actress. Uh, so uh, a, a lot of great points there. Um, the very first thing I noticed about this movie is that that opening shot is very reminiscent of, I think, one of the most iconic shots in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. They, they, they where, open knowing what side of it. talking about the, the four by three. Game. Yeah. 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 yeah where it, it just pushes into the house. It's very similar to that shot. Uh, but I can't remember the character's name right now. But when she goes into the house to check on her boyfriend who hasn't come out, you know, because she's sitting on that bench and she's swinging. Um, mm. And um, it, it also reminded me of another thing that I think he's trying to evoke here, which is uh, classic Westerns. Um, it was very reminiscent of the closing shot of The Searchers, which is my favorite Western, mm. uh, where John Wayne is is framed against uh, the the doorway of uh, his uh, his brother's house. And it's uh, it's it's such an iconic shot, particularly if you're you're a fan of of Westerns and cinema. Um, and, and I couldn't help but think, you know, it, it's Texas. You know, so I, I immediately I'm thinking Westerns and I'm thinking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I wonder if that was intentional on his part, the searchers, but definitely Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of the things that I loved about the story in this movie is the way that uh, the televangelist punctuates certain parts of the story. Yeah. And um, watching it the second time around, uh, the suspicion that I had early on, spoiler alert, um, that. Uh, the televangelist was related to someone 
in uh, in the group. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I know this already. So the suspicions are confirmed by the end of the movie. And he starts talking about. Um, it's that same line the, that she says. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I will not accept a life I do not deserve. Uh, but he, he blames a secular society for the 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 fall of you know the traditional uh christian conservative values in in america um and yet max who represents all these things is a product of his upbringing and right. and and that's what that's one of the things that uh permeates this um this movie is uh 1979 uh, we are on uh, in the united states and this is of course everything i know just from history uh because i wasn't alive then uh but uh, we're on the verge of a complete um political ideological shift in this country as uh as, as carter is on his way out of the oval office and reagan is on his way in there's this shift in in politics for for and, our younger viewers carter was a peanut farmer and Reagan yeah. was a movie star <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no wonder your president has to be a movie star um he um uh, and and he kind of like ushers in this um this this conservative wake that that sweeps the country um that is present throughout this entire movie is um maybe the uh, that fear of what happens when the the people in mass won't accept you for who you are because you're different from them and there's a lot of that that comes through this movie uh particularly with the televangelist um i love that scene it's a brilliant piece of editing where he's turning his back on the camera and it cuts between him continuing to turn his back and the cattle. And, and I, I, I couldn't help but think is God or the preacher or whoever he represents, right? Maybe the conservative movement um, leading a people to slaughter, right? Because the very next thing that we see is that cow on the road right. and it's, it's it's been it's been completely decimated um so uh andrew coming in uh, yes he, of course yeah. he's her dad we didn't yeah, miss that yeah. part andrew <laughs> <laughs> um you know it, it, to me that that was like it, it was such a punctuating thing like you know you have this thing and then all of a sudden it stops the, it was the first time we'd gotten that sort of 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 hard cut between the scene before and the scene after where uh west as editor is speaking to us and saying he's turning his back on his flock right um you know in, in this case cattle i mean texas is not known for flocks of sheep but they are known for lots and lots of bovine cattle yeah. And 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 what happens when you turn your back on the people and you tell them this is what you need? You need this fire and brimstone. But you're not actually giving them what they need. You're giving them what you say they need. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's going to lead to to a, a, their demise, to the demise of the social contract, the demise of the the. The, the way that we understand society to work because you, you, you can't, you can't be true to yourself, which plays into another theme I'll get into later. Uh, but I, I also love that scene where uh, Howard comes out with a shotgun 
and he says uh, it's not loaded right and 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 to, and to to me uh i mean I, we don't know if he if it was loaded from the beginning and he was just fucking around with wayne or or if it really wasn't loaded but to me that was such a um a telling sign of you know that like really boastful that bravado that you see a lot in uh in certain people where they you know it's it, it's all for show right very much like it is for the televangelist you know where he says you know yeah it's 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 all about embracing god and leaving that secular society behind and yet he drives his daughter out of the house right or howard's waving this gun in wayne's face and he says oh it's it, it's it's empty right it's meaningless uh it doesn't work it's like his, it's like his cock you know, it's the, it's the, the, the shot. The, yeah, I mean, the shotgun is a metaphor for more yeah. than just, you know, the really heady stuff that I, I think it might mean. But it's also his dick, you know, as guns often are. There's you no know? freedom and, seeds in there. <laughs> no, none at all. Uh, I, I also love when, when, when you started talking about the things that aren't said, the mystery in the story. There's um, the scene where Maxine and Pearl have the. um the lemonade together i love i love that scene but even more than that i love the way that scene ends because pearl is obviously attracted to maxine um i don't think she's attracted to her sexually i don't think it's she not wants to get it on it's, with her right. no yeah it, she's she's attracted to the beauty because maxine has what she's lost yeah and she wants for just one moment to be able to recapture that and there's there's that moment where she touches maxine's side right and 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 maxine reels in 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 horror in disgust and and says why would you do that i i got the impression that maybe this is something she's dealt with before the non-consensual touch yeah and 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 she works at a strip club (laughs) yes but i think it's more than that I kept going back to televangelist daddy. You mean more as in other women like Pearl have kind of tried this before with her? Uh, I, 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 I got the impression that it might have been her dad. Oh, okay. Uh, because, I mean, there, there's such a clear hatred for where she came from that um, I can only imagine that something like that would have driven her away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, of course, you, you don't need to be molested by a family member to never want to look at your family again. But uh, but I I got that feeling because because her father plays such an important role in the background, like how how important is he in what's going on in her head? Uh, Andrew coming in again says, uh, yeah, him, too. So I'm I'm not alone. I'm glad I'm not alone there. Um, Well, and, you know, you're you're talking about Pearl and her husband. And I will say there is an element to this that by the end of the movie, what we get is this weird love story right mm-hmm. and we get we get all these different variations of love we've got we've got the 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 uh jenny ortega and rj and they've got you know b- before she decides to be in the film what would be considered you know this this real traditional just boyfriend girlfriend relationship you've got the the guy who yes he owns a strip club and and she works for him but then you also have this we've been together forever and there's nothing I won't do for you between, between Pearl and her husband. And you, you start to realize that you've, you've been 
as you've been watching this slasher and, and following this story, you've been following different variations of uh, of a love story. You yeah. know, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's it's a it's a romantic horror film, but uh, <laughs> on, on top of uh, you know, there there is there is sex on camera, and then there is romantic love camera, uh, romantic <laughs> love sex uh, later on. Um, and geriatric sex is sex too, right? So yeah, I, I just, mean, it, it, everyone deserves right, a fuck. Exactly, you, you know. And so it's it's really interesting. You get this after watching the two of them just slaughtering these people. You get this really sweet scene. It's tender. It mm -hmm. is yeah. tender is the exact right word. And it's it's so weird. In my in my notes that that before they started having sex, when they're just sitting there and 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 they're talking, in my notes I just wrote love story question mark because that's what it boiled down to for these two was that all of these awful things they were doing is because they love each other so much. Mm -hmm. And that, that I think is, is, is a part of the story that is explored in just the right amount. I think that we get <laughs> Andrew telling David, it needs to be gentle. We're all going to get there someday. Right. Um, and so that, that, that idea of love in all its forms, the, 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 the free love couples, who are, you know, I'm okay with my girlfriend having sex on camera. And then Bobby Lynn, and I, he's always going to be Kid Cuddy to me. Like I, I know he had yeah. a name in the movie. But, you know, and, is he your boyfriend? Yes, sometimes. You know, they're, they're, oh, they're, a great line. they're, they're, a they're, great a, line. they're a love story of convenience and of making money. And it was just interesting to see all of those things kind of piled in on each other. Um, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite things about this movie is the way that the the elderly are portrayed in it and, and obviously one of the big themes here is you know what what is beauty and its relation to age um but one of the things that i absolutely love thinking about in, in relation to this movie is uh and, and i thought about it in uh, actually not in the scene where we see old man ass cheeks but um we did see old it, man it, dude wait i have seen i was i was watching that scene and i was like oh gosh they're really going there and doing this and then i was like <laughs> i don't know what camera angle i would prefer besides this one i i, I think but that's I, the best one i feel yeah. like yeah it's like, it's like you start going through the catalog and it's like nope nope that one's worse that one's yeah mm, nope that one's worse not fish yeah. eye not fish eye <laughs> yeah. there's i have seen more old people genitalia since we started this podcast <laughs> than I ever thought I would see. Oh, and the Love Witch, that's right. Life. Yeah, the Love Witch, uh, Midsommar. Midsommar yeah. was like, here's old people full frontal. Like, yeah. it was just, and, and hey, sure, I'm here for it, right? All bodies are beautiful. Let's do it. I mean, so uh, whatever. But I just, as <laughs> I am, I am constantly amazed at how much naked old body um, I continue to see because of this I, podcast I, I think you reach reach a certain age where you just you don't care anymore right and it's like you know what i was never naked on screen so let me do it <laughs> um, <laughs> that, um that, that, uh, <laughs> if you look up that actor and all his other roles it's stuff like you know third orc from the left in the lord of the rings movies like he's <laughs> done everything in makeup his whole career yeah 
So uh, yeah, and he's he's not he's not that old. He's not nearly that. Oh old. yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, there's uh, so I was saying it's not the scene with the with uh, with with the old people sex. It's it's actually a scene where after Pearl gets all dolled up, she goes downstairs to Howard, and and he tells her, you know, I can't. It's my heart. And and he leaves and, and he doesn't he doesn't touch her. We never see him touch her in the movie until they have sex. And um, I, I had this thought, you know, was it the loss of sex that destroyed that relationship? Or was it the loss of love? And did the loss of love come at the loss of sex? I mean, intimacy is such... Uh, a, a, an integral part to to our lives, right? Um, and, and I'm trying to approach this from from a from a serious way, right? Because I mean, fucking is great and fucking is good, but but also it it really is important. Human touch, yeah. You know, uh, it, it, simply shaking someone's hand. I mean, that that's such an important thing. A hug when you need it most, right? You know, these things. This is what makes us human. It's it's what 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 separates us from from cattle, right? Is that we we do understand the value in in touching one another, uh, and and that that could be touch in in an intimate way, and it could uh, and, and it can be touch in 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 any other way. And I think because of his fear of losing his life for his love of his wife. That is what ultimately led to that relationship being destroyed and her seeking to fill that void in any way possible when really what she needed to fill the void was Howard, right, right. right? Yeah, she um, Howard to fill the void, to fill the void. Yeah. You know, and it, it was it was such a such a powerful scene, I think, because it, it, it really does. I mean, that's that's the final straw for her when he won't even touch her. And then we get landslide. You know, which which is, I mean, on top of the fact that it's an amazing song, right? Fleetwood Mac is one of the greatest bands of all time. Stevie Nicks, one of the greatest singers and songwriters of all time. Speaking of cocaine, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also a song about self reflection in the in in the face of 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 an ever changing life, and 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 it's really powerful because what brings about that change that happens in Pearl, what makes her snap in this moment, because clearly she snapped before, right? The corpse downstairs tells us so. Right. Um, but it also brings about the change in uh, Jenna Ortega's character in, um, shit, what was her name? Uh, Lorraine. 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 Um, it's change and, and facing your, your true self and what happens when you deny that. I think is 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 such such an important part of the story, um, you know, on, on top of the, you know, the, the mystery of it, the corpse that they have in in that basement. I was so intrigued by this thing um, because I, I, I freezed the frame. Right. <laughs> and, and I was I, I, I studied the penis long and hard or As... or low and flaccid, whatever. Um <laughs> as any red-blooded american man should yeah no you you, you see a dick you study it. Uh, <laughs> it's the american way <laughs> um here's the thing i i thought that maybe it had been like flayed off or something like that 
Um, I couldn't. I couldn't tell what had happened. It's just not. The it's shot. not. Yeah. It's it's intact. <laughs> it's an intact penis. Adam, uh, I couldn't tell. Dave, let me tell you. That let, might. Let me. I, let me I also it when it was detail. when I was renting this, I picked standard def because I thought it would be more in keeping of the spirit of movie to watch it in standard def. So maybe it just wasn't oh, detailed yeah. enough for me. You you you, so. you need you need the tracking. That's fun. To, right. To come up from, from the I old, need that four K VCR. Yeah. Um, I. But there is blood all over his penis. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's that's such a an interesting thing, because we see Pearl come on to RJ. Right. Like she 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 needs that physical touch. She needs someone to tell her that she's worthy of love, that she's worthy, even if, even if it's not really love, even if it's just feigned love. Right. Uh that's what she wants. Right. Right. The only people who will give it to her are literally dead. They, like they have to be dead to say yes to her or rather to just not say no to her. Yeah. Right. Valuable and, distinction. Uh, uh, th yeah. That is a valuable distinction. And and, and I, I, I really think that she molested this guy's corpse after murdering him. And that's why there's all this blood all over his dick. And, okay. and, and and this this is one of those like th those those mysterious plot points where it's like, what's the story behind this thing? But I, I I seriously sat there and I analyzed this thing and I turned to my wife who was watching it with me and I was like, what do you think the chances are of this happening? <laughs> and she was like, I I don't care. Push play. So I don't. Yeah, she, she was like, can we anymore. get this guy's dick yeah, off yeah, the screen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So speaking of of bodies like the one hanging in the basement, what what we have in this movie is. Some pretty bold casting choices. Like I said, I mean, he'll he'll always be Kid Cuddy to me, right? Like, yes, his name is Jackson Hole in the movie. Um, but Andrew Herman uh, says Kid Cuddy did a great job. He, he yeah, did, absolutely. And so we got characters that, like we said at the top, that 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 had some nuance to them, and we got some really interesting acting choices with these characters. So who stood out for you, Adam, when you when you look at this cast of characters? Uh, well, I love Martin Henderson. Um, yeah, he he's he's one of those underused dudes who shows up too infrequently and stuff. And um, he uh, I was I was annoyed because the the review that I watched on YouTube after the fact referred to him as Matthew McKindahay, and I was like, dude, <laughs> put some dude, that put some so... respect on his name, man. He was but, in a Bollywood movie, but that's so spot on because yeah. every time I'd see him in that cowboy hat, I was like, man, this dude wants to be Matthew McConaughey so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's he's coded for it perfectly, um, but he's he's one of those guys. Like every time he shows up, he just does a great job. He he does good humans work and. Um, uh, so him and then um, good humans work. Yeah, human. That's is it, am I saying that right? Human or is it Yemen? I can't remember. Um, it's a thing. It's a real thing. I'm not. I'm not. Oh no, I believe you. I just don't yeah. know it. <laughs> like 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 the military rank. He's uh, yeah, but it, but it's like a it's like an old yeoman. Term. Yeah, yeoman. Yeah, yeoman. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought you were saying that he's good at being human. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 He's a, he's a good character actor. Is what yeah. I'm yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. And then um, really kind of shocking to see Brittany Snow playing the character that she was playing. Yeah. She, yeah. I remember she, I forget what the name of the show was, but she made her bones on that uh, NBC show 15 years ago about like kids um, in the 60s or whatever. She, uh, American something, right? American Dream, maybe? Yeah. It was about like American Bandstand. And she was, she was like, you know, the, 
the happy-go-lucky girl next door on that show. She's um, the mean girl from Hairspray. American Dreams. Yeah, oh, yeah. American yeah. Dreams. Yeah. And she is the mean girl from Hairspray. She is the mean yeah. girl from Hairspray, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's playing against type and clearly having a ball with it, um, <clears throat> enjoying the fact that you know she gets to be this kind of dilettantish um by the way did y'all notice when she leaves the strip club it's through a door where a woman's being attacked by an alligator yes yeah yeah that was so good i uh when when i look at the like i i I love my some of my favorite uh moments in this weren't necessarily just about the the actual characters there were just just the way that that some of these moments were played is what stands out for me. I love when when uh, he goes when uh, Wayne goes to try to find RJ, and he's standing there in just his draws, right? Like just his tidy whities, and he's like, "All right, yeah, fine, let's go find him." Should I put on boots or I don't know pants? Nah, to hell with it, <laughs> yeah. right? It's just a farm. What could happen out here? And so you know, he just walks out, and then and then ten minutes later, we get this silhouette of Kid Cudi. Butt naked oh my gosh. in the door with all of God's glory just flopping between his legs. I mean that thing that thing almost deserved a credit. It yeah, was. yeah. <laughs> and so there were there were some really fun things that a lot of the people did that that brought these characters to light. The intensity that Mia Goth brought to the role, interestingly enough, not when she was acting in the porn scenes. But when she was, uh, thank you, Andy. Uh, <laughs> um, but when she, or Andrew, excuse me, we also have an Andy who listens. Um, but who also when, works with us. <laughs> yes. Um, but the uh, the the intensity that she had that was always focused on that moment of of being something greater. That drive that she had that that yes she was a stripper and she was doing porn but those were just stepping stones because she was going to be somebody and it yeah. wasn't portrayed in a way that that it was that it was cartoonish it was portrayed in a way that felt very real mm-hmm. it felt like somebody who actually viewed these things that they were doing as stepping stones to being a greater person and, and i i loved that that's another inversion that West pulls off at the end, which is that Maxine is the one who gets away despite being, I would think the least sympathetic, sympathetic character of the group. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she's the final girl. And it's not even that she doesn't care that Wayne's been killed or that everybody else has been killed. But at the end of the day, if it's going to, if it's going to be a hindrance to her getting what she wants, then she's going to leave it behind. And that's what she does at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, you know, that's like, that's another thing you're not expecting. And then, you know, I don't even know if, if the sequel to this is going to be a horror film necessarily. Like it might end up being something like Boogie Nights or I don't know, something completely I, I, different. Yes. Yeah. Because I forgot to mention at the top, they also announced this week that we are getting a sequel to this Maxine with three X's, which I can only assume is going to be about her career in the pornography industry. Well, I, I wonder if they're going to take the the road um, which of course, I mean, at that point it might be old hat, but uh, I wonder if they're going to take the, the, the road of Maxine becomes Pearl, you know, right. where, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they establish in those first, you know, couple of minutes, couple of scenes that uh, maybe she did, maybe she didn't end up achieving those dreams. How does it affect her in the long run? And, and does she end up like Pearl at an older age? Um 
longing for the good old days, even if she did have them. Right. (laughs) Right. Because that's 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 one of those like really interesting things about life is the people who never went out and did the things that they wanted to do. They always express that regret. And then the people who did live their lives. I always hear him talking about the good old days, you know, so it's, it's almost like a lose lose situation. There's there's no chance of you ever ending up happy, you know, because you're just fucking old now. Sorry, and, I just got and a text that's rough. My, I just got a text from my sister. Apparently, she was watching this in front of uh, her mother in law. Oh, my <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs> when we were talking about the gonzo bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. Continue. Sorry, Jim Henson. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, for for me, the 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 obvious um, actor in this that that just blew it away was uh, Mia Goth. Um, you know, she's she's incredible because she pulls off. Did y'all know about the new role going in? Um, no, I didn't know about that going in. I didn't know, no, but I had seen. I've avoided the Pearl trailer until after I finished this, but I'd seen stills of the beginning of the Pearl trailer and saw that it was also Mia Goth. So I had suspicions, uh, but it wasn't until the credits finally rolled that I was like, okay, yeah, she did play both roles. Yeah. yeah I, I saw this about a month or two ago um, and Pearl had been announced, but I didn't know anything about it. And, and I knew very little going into this, only what was in the trailer. And I got the impression that Pearl was played by, an actress who was younger and in incredible looking prosthetics. Uh, But I didn't quite piece together that it was Mia Goth until like halfway through the movie. I was like, is she playing both roles? And, and at that point I looked it up and I was like, Holy fuck, she is, Um, which, which I thought was, was incredible. Uh, the, The other character that to me, just like literally every line that she said, had me either in stitches because it was so damn funny or I was just like uh, amazed at the depth that the character can have. Um, and, and, and also I think I, I've had a crush on her since 2002. Apparently I just checked this uh, <laughs> is Brittany snow. I mean, she was so, so damn good in this movie. Um, she, I, I think that she has the most quotable lines in the movie. There's, there's, there's a moment, Dave. Now uh, I don't, I know that you are technically from farther South than us being in mm-hmm. Miami, but Miami is not, Oh, but this deep, is not the South. Right, no, this is, South. this is North there's, Cuba, man. There's, there's, <clears throat> there's a moment where, where Brittany Snow's character shines in, in the most Alabama way when, when Kid Cudi looks at her. And says, I think I love you. And she just hits him with the, oh, bless your heart. And I mean, it's just, it's so pure Southern blow off. Like it is, that is the classic Southern lady line. And mm-hmm. I love that so much. Um, so there is a touch of the South down here, uh, particularly when you travel just a little further North than Miami. Uh, once you get into Fort Lauderdale and, and, and West Palm, uh, you you start to venture into the south, but you don't really get into the south until you leave West Palm. Uh, okay. Then then there then there's South, then there's Disney World, and then there's the South again. <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, it's really interesting. And then I've, I've I've gone all over the state and all over the South. I had family that lived in um, 
in good old Memphis, Tennessee. For oh, uh, so, you, so, so you know for, a good bless your for, heart then. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know a bless your heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is my favorite section where we're going into right now. Uh, and and I, uh, I'm again going to toot toot my own horn here uh, because I love this, uh, this title. I called it Read Between the Tan Lines. Um, and I think that this movie boasts an unusually complex set of thematic elements here, um, especially for Slasher. Um, so we haven't even my- talked about God yet, which... I'm gonna make sure we get there. <laughs> Fair. Um, how do you think the subtext in this helps elevate X, or um, does it not? Um, and uh, we've been throwing it to Adam, so I'll, I'll go to Daniel first here. So I think that when we look at the subtext here, when, when, when we look at what's not in in the script, right? What we get is we get a story that. I can't figure out if it really, really knows what it is or if it wanted you to kind of determine what it is. And that's that's where I was kind of I was left hanging just a little bit with this. I I, I saw that you would put this one in here and, and I was trying to kind of go through and, and look at everything. There's and a lot of it is stuff that we've touched on already. Right. I feel like there's a very fascinating look at how love changes with age and with the length of a relationship. I think that we are given a a pretty in your face idea of relationships being personal to the fact that to the point that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about what you have in your relationship. I think that a lot of that stuff was, was there. And I don't know if, if, if I just, I, I couldn't, put my finger on um Andrew says yes it could get a bit stagnant or not uh so I I felt like this was one this was the place in the movie where I felt I wasn't I was missing something I, I not that the movie didn't have it just that it was over my head or I was I was paying attention to the wrong things because I'm fully aware of there were more things that that they wanted me to take from this and and I just kind of missed out on them when you had told me you 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 said that you had you know a good amount of stuff to talk about with this I was like great because I'm missing that piece a- and I I just I wasn't sure and I'm not downplaying anything about it it just I don't maybe maybe that just kind of went over my head I, I kind of missed out on on some of that uh where everything that I picked up, I felt was very deliberate and there. I just, I didn't get as much subtext out of it that, 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 uh, that it seems that you did. So I, I enjoyed what I was presented and I enjoyed trying to fill in what I wasn't, but I just, I, I kind of missed out on some of that stuff. Okay. Fair. Adam. Uh, I I think there's a lot of different ways you can look at, um what the movie's trying to say or certain questions that it raises uh you know like from just a basic film perspective you've got two halves of this movie which are split between sex and then violence and so in that sense you know um 
it might, that that might be Ty West just saying here are the two like essential elements for entertainment, <laughs> right? You know, in in their rawest, you know, as you said, most Gonzo form, right? Um, I do like there's that middle portion of the film right before uh, things get crazy when the characters are you know finally resting after a day of shooting and they're they're having these conversations with each other. It gets kind of philosophical about you know what sex means and. I like that um, it portrays both sides of that issue, you know, about wanting to preserve the intimacy and keep something, you know, safe and special versus this kind of uh, other free love angle. Um, West doesn't make a judgment about either of those things. And he shows the consequences of both of them, I think, pretty honestly. Um, when you have, you know, these characters who are shooting this X-rated movie and then, you know, things change and suddenly RJ is crying himself in, in in the shower because of what what Lorraine one of the best scenes in the movie yeah yeah because because at that moment he realizes all of his art school faff and nonsense and bluster you know cannot change the fact that you have to have a certain worldview in order to make this kind of stuff and he's realizing he doesn't have that when Lorraine you know abandons him for lack of a better word um <clears throat> uh and then one thing I thought was really interesting I want to go back to uh, Maxine's dad, the preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he is entirely to blame for everything that happens in this movie. And I think it all comes down to that one line, I will not accept the life I do not deserve. Which, you know, full disclosure, I'm I'm a Byzantine. I'm not reformed. I don't know what anybody's theology or doctrine is here. But um, it is, if, if you become a Christian, if you get baptized, you are literally accepting a life you do not deserve. So <laughs> I think I think it makes perfect sense that Maxine takes that and then runs with it and uses it to justify everything that she does. Because that's because he got that part wrong and he presented it incorrectly to his to his flock and he lost the person who <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that's well. <laughs> Plus, he can never compete with with Cuddy's Mandingo. That's <laughs> yeah, that's spot on. Quite. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I I think what what makes that really interesting is the conversation in the car on the way to the farm, mm-hmm. because each of these characters has their own um theological outlook on things. You'll notice none of them straight up say, Oh, God's not real, or that's all you know hogwash or anything like that. They there's a point where uh, Bobby Lynn says you know, I look beautiful and I cause people to like lose control of their faculties because I'm so beautiful. And then she says it would be a sin to deprive them of that, you know? So she justifies it in terms of what God would want. Um, and how I had another example for this. Now I'm blanking. Um, this is why I'm not good on podcasts. Uh, (laughs) shoot. It'll, it'll come back to me. But the point is, I thought it was interesting that none of the characters like have a, um, have like a genuine like they they contextualize everything within their sexual ethic and whether or not it's justified and then instead of instead of trying to kick god out of that equation they actually use him to try and justify how they feel and i thought that was really interesting because i think a weaker screenwriter would have just said oh i was raised by these crazy fundamentalists and i hate them and you know everything they say is wrong and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um they don't do that and that's another layer of complexity that i think is works really well and provides a lot of tension yeah, you've got a really good point there because it would have been it would have been easy to turn the 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 Christianity that was presented in this movie into a joke, and instead of doing that, they presented it as a valid plot point. And I I love that idea of the dad being completely to blame. 
for yeah. everything that happens because I didn't think about it like that till now. But I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I I have to agree with everything you said there. Um, to to me, the most interesting thing about this movie, which um, I started picking up on, uh, and and maybe it's there, maybe it's not there. I don't know, but I was picking up on this um, in in my second watch through the movie is uh, the importance of truth in um, art and the importance of truth in life. Um, and it kind of starts off with that that very first line that Maxine says. She says, I'm a fucking sex symbol. Yeah. She knows precisely who she is. And, and it's in that truth that everything begins to unravel in those that don't have a grasp of their truth um there's that that line when they're when they're in the is it in the in the van when rj turns to lorraine and he says when did you become such a prude mm-hmm. yeah when, when, when she's talking about and then just like the preacher it's like turned around right back to him uh, yeah yeah and, and i i love that line because um, it implies that a woman is only allowed to express herself on like her man's terms, you know, um, which again kind of plays into that, you know, traditional conservative uh, ideology that, that that's being lambasted this, this entire movie, you know, um, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's okay for other people to partake in this because it doesn't affect me. Um, but you can't do it because that does affect me directly. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's that whole, you know, she's Lorraine's not like them. Lorraine's a good girl. Mm-hmm. Um, a good know, girl who, according to Andrew was, is Shia LaBeouf's ex. Oh, actually, no, they're back together. I, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. Um, I, uh, there's, which I hope, oh. hope that works out for them, but yeah. anyway, I, I think very early on, um, RJ's inability to be truthful with his art, uh, which is mm-hmm. something you started to hint at Adam, um, is, uh, is made very apparent when he thinks that he's making this elevated, uh, porno. Except that, I mean, he's not. He is absolutely not. And the funniest part is textbook. Yeah, the funniest part is when Bobby Lynn is giving him advice to make the movie even cornier than it. (laughs) Like he he, doesn't even know enough to tell her, "No, I'm not doing that." Yeah, and he takes it like that is great film advice. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and 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 that's that's that thing there because Bobby Lynn understands what it is that they're doing. They're selling sex. Yeah, they are not selling highbrow. Uh, pornography here. This is not the smart man's porno. This He's trying to make the next Debbie does Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I don't know when the last time you saw Debbie does Dallas was, <laughs> but I don't remember the fucking story. But I remember what Debbie does. Yeah. Okay. And and that's because that is an Andrew coming in with uh, well, well, well. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 
it's it's such a telling thing because he has no idea what the truth of art is. He knows what he's studied in film school. I assume he's gone to film school because he's just as douchey as most of the guys I know <laughs> that have gone to film school. Yeah. Uh, just like all the other English majors that I knew, myself included, were the a way bunch he of says, self-righteous douchebags. The way he says avant-garde in that Texas accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one Man. of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love, uh, you know, to kind of go back to that point, um, Kid Cudi tells him, you know, there's there's one point where uh, I think it's that very first sex scene where he's uh, he said he gives him some direction and he looks at him and he says, why don't you just point the camera, stay in your lay, lane and let me do the screwing. Yeah. You know, because, again, he doesn't understand the truth of that moment. Like they were having a, a, a really, really great moment there. And he's got to put some spin on it there where it's uh, <laughs> Andrew coming in with gold here. Her clip is in her throat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, theology teacher, everyone. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, passion can't be faked, right? There's um, and, and, and there's, there's a reason why I think West focuses on that with Bobby Lynn's character. Uh, because she's a good actress. Bobby Lynn, right, mm -hmm. uh, is a good actress. Because when uh, when 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 Jackson says like, "Oh, that can't be faked," right, and then she proceeds to fake an orgasm with no um, with no help at all, right, uh, and then she's like, "Oh, but you did great. Don't worry about it." There's a difference between that scene and his scene with Maxine. There is a passion there. And and the I mean, it's the same actor there. What's the difference? It's Maxine. She knows herself. She knows the truth of fucking. And she knows how to present that as art. And that's that's the difference between her and Bobby Lynn and Lorraine is that she really, really gets it. Right. right. Um, and Wayne tells that to her. He says, you have that X factor. And it's what awakens in Pearl that that turn. Right. She sees that and she's like, fuck, I had that and I let it go or I lost it or something. But I want it back. I want that truth of myself back. And it's also what unlocks in Lorraine this like, fuck, I want that, too. Because I yeah. don't think that that is a sudden turn. I don't think it was shoehorned there. I think that, and, and there's there's a really really subtle bit of acting there because Jenna Jenna Ortega is a great actress. Uh, she's she's more than just you know the the horror girl. And and I know that a lot of times once you once you've worked in a genre, you get lumped in there all the time, and 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 you you, you start to lose a little bit of your. Uh, uh, your 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 sense of credence as a as an artist, but there's one moment there where she uh, Maxine is just fucking lusting in this 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 fuck right, and she's reveling in it, and she's truthfully enjoying it. She's presenting true fucking art on on camera, and it goes to Pearl. It goes to Bobby Lynn and then the camera looks at Lorraine and there's this look in Lorraine's eyes that she didn't have before. 
And that's right. that that's her okay. realizing there. She was like, there's something magical happening here. And it doesn't have to do with a loss of ethics. It doesn't have to do with a loss of morality. It has to do with a discovery of self. And it's it's that very thing that the televangelist is trying to take away from people. Because it's really difficult to control someone who really knows who they are. If you can strip people away from their identity, it becomes a lot easier to control them and say, hey, uh, why don't you tithe to yeah. the church? That's like, that's like cult right? leader 101. Cult leader is, 101. Is to, is to, destroy the, is to destroy the individual. Exactly. And ironically, he's also giving them the exact mantra that they need to yes. divorce themselves from him. Yeah. Yeah, but but that's that's the incredible thing about about cults is that like you have all the the tools in your toolbox, you're just unable to see that you can use them in that way. Uh, it, it, to me, that was the most amazing theme that ran through this movie because th th there were such subtle little nods to it. Um, like even I think. Uh, there's there's that scene when RJ decides he's going to leave, right? right? And we had seen it was like a quick shot when they go into the uh, the convenience store, and Wayne is looking at you know different condiments, you know ham and bread and stuff, and he picks up a jar of mayonnaise and he reads it. He doesn't just pick it up right away. He reads it first, and then does like a, yep, that's the one. And we see that same jar of mayonnaise sitting on the counter where his keys are. And what is it? Real mayonnaise. Even the fucking condiments are more real than RJ is in this movie. <laughs> All right? I don't think that that was by mistake. I'm almost certain that that was by design because Ty West is a real smart fucking guy. All right? Um, there, that is, the I, I think, the, the coolest thing about this movie. That it, it speaks to the artist. And Ty West has talked about the fact that this this movie is almost uh, an an exploration of horror cinema, not just a, a you know uh, the next edition in it, but it's also throwing back to it. Yeah, and that idea of Ty West throwing back to it brings us to the 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 final topic here before we get into rating, which is this idea that this movie was essentially it was a love letter to the genre. And very early on, uh, Dave, you referenced the fact that this very gracefully towed that line between being uh, a, a legitimate piece of cinema and an exploitation film. So what made this movie more than just an exploitation film, Dave? I, I got hints of a lot of different movies here, um, whether they were just you know subtle nods or um you know approaching homage there there was a lot here that it, it, it was west's love letter to the horror genre um you know the the car that sunken into into the bog immediately made me think of psycho right there's this place that is supposed to be safe haven you come here and you're you're supposed to be good and very clearly this is not the first time that this happens because there is that car that's sunken in there. There is that corpse with the intact penis, as we now know, right? Uh, th that is sitting in their basement. What the fuck is going on at Bates Motel? What the fuck is going on at Howard Inn? You know, I, I, I love that connection there. And, and it's not just a 
okay, we're going to throw a nod you know, towards this old movie here, but we're also going to use some of the elements of that movie to help tell this story. It's right. pretty thoughtful, right? Obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre's DNA is all over this. Uh, like, you you get it right from the trailer. Um, but another one that that I loved seeing, you know, that, that love for the genre there was the reversal of the famous Here's Johnny scene from yes. The Shining. You know, he's a, Howard's got that axe, and we don't see his face like we see Nicholson's face. And he's not trying to break in. He's trying to keep someone from breaking out. But it's that same sort of, you know, play of the axe on the door and the panel of the door breaks out, right? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful way of, of, of paying homage to one, one of the, the, the greatest horror movies of all time while making it unique and making it its own thing and reminding you that this house is it, it's a madhouse these people are fucking crazy people yes right um i i i i love that i love the way that he used that he subverts our expectations of you know the classic horror tropes you spoke a little bit about uh adam about how uh maxine is not or should not have been the final girl yeah. She's not she's not sympathetic. She's not the good girl. Right. Um, if, if it was sympathy, then it should have been Bobby Lynn. If it was who was the good girl, it should have been Lorraine. And it was neither of them. It was the tough girl. It was the one who knew who she was from the very beginning. Right. Going back to the idea of, you know, the, the theme of the, the truth of your life, the truth of yourself is the most important thing here. It's what keeps her alive. Her knowing right. exactly who she is. Um you know, and that's that, that's I, I think such a great subversion of that 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 final girl trope, um, you know, because it, it, it very easily the final girl could have been Pearl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's kind of what I kept waiting for. Honestly, yeah. was I kept waiting for this moment where, where Pearl was was a final girl. What, what about you, Adam? Like, what did you what what uh, genre references or anything did you catch in this? Uh, I, th- I think David hit all of them. Um, Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's no, it's fine. Uh, the uh, oh, good. Shout out. Lose any sleep over it now. <laughs> I, I forgive you. Um, <laughs> shout out to Lorraine because I didn't find this movie. I, I didn't think it was very tense. I didn't think it was very scary at all. I, you know, slashers just don't hit me on that level. But um, Lorraine's death, I thought, was perfect because oh, it comes yeah. out of nowhere and it's just quick and brutal and unexpected. Um, and it's. I think that's probably the best kill in the film, even though it's not as showy as some of the others. Um, right. <clears throat> probably agree um, with that. There's a, I think there was an opportunity for some kind of, I mean, it, the, I guess the biggest source of tension for me was wondering if it was going to get into folk horror at all. And we were going to find out that, you know, these two, you know, the, 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 the young characters are running away from, tradition and conservatism and fundamentalist religion and all this other stuff. And what if they found themselves in the hands of this old couple who were disciples of, you know, some, some dark occult force. Like I kept kind of wondering if that was going to happen at a certain point and then it never did. It goes towards the romance angle, but um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's Texas chainsaw and it's, it's, it's got that kind of um, sickly uh, cinematic haze to it. Yeah, um, the, where, where, where you can tell it's really hot and it's, you know, it's 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 a really um, 
stifling environment, which I think works well for, you know, the things that the character, some of the characters are going through. So I, th I think there were some, there were, there were a couple more that, that I kind of picked up on that, that ventured outside that realm of just the, the slasher being uh, what it was a love letter to, but this idea of being a love letter to anything scary, like let's face it, kid Cuddy got clever girl. I I'm from Jurassic yeah. park. Mm. I mean, when he, he sets the flashlight up so he'll trudge into the bog and he can get behind him. So, you know, that was that was straight out of Jurassic Park, you know, with the hat and everything. And yeah. so we've we've got that. We've got that great, really high shot of Maxine swimming away from the alligator that she doesn't even know is there, which was Jaws vibes just yeah. all day. You 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 were oh just, that's interesting that you picked up Jaws yeah like yeah I, I I got Hitchcock okay yeah see I can see Hitchcock there too but like yeah. because it was you know a water creature chasing her that she didn't even know was there yeah I, I was I was I was which oh, uh, that that makes sense yeah. yeah it's a it's a great shot I think it I think it 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 made the the Bobby Lynn's kill less surprising I think I yes. would have preferred having no setup for the alligator it made it it, it, it made, other it, than but, it's a pond in Texas what did you expect <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it it made it a payoff though when you're you know you're watching yeah. this slasher horror film and mm -hmm. you see somebody almost get eaten by the alligator and then then you finally see it oh that gator's gonna come back isn't yeah it? exactly yeah. <laughs> and so I, I love gator I love the uh, like uncredited, just random, you know, Texas Ranger sheriff guy or whatever. Oh, that you know, guy was great. We're, when they we're find the camera at the end. Yes, finding the <laughs> camera at the end. It's just so, such a great way to end it. What do you think's on it? I think it's one goddamn fucked up horror show, right? And, uh, and, and it's, and that's how they end it. And you go, oh man, oh, Jaws or Anaconda. Yeah, there's an agreement. Yeah. Another good one. Uh, and so I, there were, there were a lot of things here where when he's looking through the holes, you're just waiting for when you're, when Wayne's looking through those holes in the, in the barn door, you're just waiting for him to get stabbed in the eye. Mm -hmm. And then they yeah. stab him in the eye and it's you know, great. And it is, it's great. <laughs> and they, you know, they show you there's, there's a solid 15 seconds of just staring at that nail and his bare foot walking towards it. And so for all the times that they did, turn these things upside down they gave us plenty of built you know what's coming we're, yeah. we're just gonna make you wait and to and see if we're gonna twist this one they twisted enough things that when they did follow through with something there was still some surprise to it mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun they the uh adam you talked about just being able to feel how stifling it was that idea uh, the way that it was shot like when we did Love Witch and it was shot to it was shot and it was it was supposed to look like Technicolor. This had that grainy, gritty film feel of Texas Chainsaw. And what what is a stark contrast is as soon as the movie was over, I went and watched the Pearl trailer and the Pearl trailer doesn't do that. Totally different. Yeah. The Pearl trailer is I mean, it's classic four, Hollywood it's, spectacle. Yeah, it's 4K sharp bright colors, Wizard of Oz, Technicolor type stuff. And when you're when you when you see them back to back like that, you realize how important that one directorial decision was in sticking to what this movie really was. There's a great scene where the shot they're walking to the bunkhouse from the van and the camera's a mile away. Yeah. And you just barely see them walking and all you just hear this 
drowning just deafening insect sounds which to if you've ever been out in the country in the summer it is it's not the, yeah. yeah it is not the quiet nights that that's presented on you know in a, the in open a movie. range yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the open yeah. range no it's frogs and it's cicadas and it's 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 things that just wake up and scream and that's yeah. the whole point of their existence <laughs> that's what you hear on a hot summer night somewhere like a texas kind or an alabama cicadas. where we are oh my god it's incredible we just went through that here and yeah. so you just there was there were a lot of things that that set a tone uh i thought i i gotta disagree with you on that i did think uh that a lot of this did build really good tension in, in those things but like you said you you're you're not a slasher guy so it's not necessarily what you were looking for that that type of tension but just that the stillness when you're in a genre that that thrives on when's the next big thing going to happen. Yeah. And you're, you've got these weeping shots with next to no dialogue. That's when as, as a slasher guy, that's when, that's when I tense up because I'm, uh, it's a Pavlovian response. What are they setting up? Right. When everything is calm. Oh no. What's about to happen. And so it, it, so from the from the angle of loving the good down and dirty slasher, those things set the stage for everything that happened with the kills later on to really just I mean, we all knew as soon as we didn't see Pearl's other hand that RJ was not long for this yeah. world. Mm-hmm. But man, the brutality of going straight for the neck and then stabbing him until the headlights of the van are covered in blood. What so a beautiful now, shot. So now everything we're seeing is through this red filter because that's our light source. That, that goes, that's, you know, a, a color version of something Hitchcockian, yeah. right? Where you where you are now so overwhelmed with how much blood there is, you know, that's the chocolate syrup running down the drain. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, but that, I mean, that, that's, that's what that is though. You know, it's a, it's a callback to that because uh, it, the, the black and white photography of that movie, I mean, realize it came out in 1960, just a year. Yeah. J- just a year or two before that he had done North by Northwest in full color. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah, there's a little bit of that like noir aspect to it where it's dark and the film stock is going to show you that. But also, you can get away with more violence in black and white. Right. And so when you take away the color and it's all one color, even if that one color is red, you can get away with a little bit more because that is a brutal fucking scene. Yes. Um, Hey, during the PG era of WWE, they were big. Like as soon as people would start bleeding, they'd cut to black and white because it's, it's less, it's, it's less shocking (laughs) in that moment. And you can, yeah, then you can get away with it still being a TV PG thing, even though Ric Flair is just turned into a human blood pile. Yeah. Well, that Targaryen hair of his, you know, anything's going to show up in, you know, bright, vivid colors. Because his lunch was three aspirin. (laughs) yes absolutely without a doubt but yeah so i I think that that the way they did a lot of those things these modern takes on that stuff i was just amazed at how none of it it it's and 
there there's always it's always real thin ice when you start playing with homage and mm-hmm. and you 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 start to get close to that idea of it just being a ripoff you know movies video games music anywhere you go when there's something you love and you want to make something that's like that it can be really hard to toe that line between this is mine but it's also a reflection of what i love and i think that ty west pulled that off beautifully Perfect. And that leaves us only one thing, which is uh, our rating. And uh, so if you are new here to Shiver, uh, let's tell you that we only rate movies against themselves. Uh, That's why we don't use stars here. So every movie gets its own unique rating metric. And uh, for this one, Daniel and I have decided to go with um, a possible five. Old man ass cheeks. Old man ass cheeks. Man, it, it had it had to be old man ass cheeks for me. My dog has this amazing ability <laughs> to need to go outside at just the work, just just time when when I just don't want to get up and let him out. And so last night I'm sitting there and I'm in the the climax, if you will, of this movie <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, sorry, Adam. I, it was I, I could I. It was like when I thought it, I was like, I'm gonna. It's say just this. it's been and hanging there like a pinata this whole time. <laughs> low, low, low hanging fruit, man. Yeah, and but so you always pick it. All yeah, of yeah, this, you gotta. All of this is going on, and this is when he decides he's never had to pee this bad in his entire <laughs> life, and so I just grab the remote, I hit pause, I walk out to to take, I walk to take the dog out. And I come back in and I didn't even realize that what I had managed to do was freeze frame, <laughs> just perfectly framed old man ass cheeks. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's with me forever. Like this, this, this is, and, and it wasn't something I wanted to study. Like how Dave was so into that dead guy's dick. It wasn't <laughs> like that for me. It was, it is burned in there. It was, because- it, it was, it was for academic purposes, <laughs> Daniel. And so, and so as soon as we kicked out and I was like, yeah, it's gotta be old man ass cheeks. So out of, <laughs> out of a possible five, which I suppose involves half an ass out of a possible five ha- old man ass cheeks. What do you give X? Well, if, if you've ever seen the show Hannibal, you know that half an ass cheek is more than possible. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the three. I think uh, there's more good than bad. Um, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I think it has some some redeeming qualities to it. Uh, the the homage stuff um, doesn't work for me as much. And I, I actually think y'all, um, y'all have brought me over on a few of the, the background things about the questions I had um, regarding the old couple and, and what's going on with them. Educators at heart. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, the more you know. But uh, yeah, like I said, this is, this is not the type of thing I would be naturally uh, attracted to. And I, I don't, I don't see myself going back to it, but I am interested to see what Pearl gets up to. And um, you know, just, just all the stuff about like, you know, Howard is a veteran of two world wars and, you know, I used to be a dancer and like, there's an incredibly wholesome setup there. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm interested to see how that gets uh, twisted. So All right. yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, three, three feels right. Solid. Daniel. Uh, I, so I went into this episode thinking that I was actually going to go a little bit lower than this, but Dave, your, your very philosophical arguments on a few things that were down points for me have turned me and man, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a five on this. It was, I thought that it was, it was fun. 
I thought that it was a great blending of a couple of different things. I got some really good shots. I got some good kills. I got a, a decent story. And like we said, with slasher stories, not what I'm in it for. And they raised it up just enough to where I, I was feeling it. And I was, I was leaning for four and a half, but after sitting here and, and listening to what you guys say, Adam stuff and, and your stuff about how important the, uh, the, the um, evangelist on the TV was that that stuff has all is all hitting a little bit more home for me. And I'm, I'm going five on this. You know, um, I was leaning the same way before I rewatched when, when I first saw this movie, I mean, I loved it because of the, the nostalgia, I, I love that we 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 finally got like a hard hitting slasher movie. I felt like we hadn't had one of those in a while, um, except for that new Texas Chainsaw. That yeah. one did hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, I, I think it's a rarity these days. Um, but I didn't really think much more of it aside from that. You know, um, you know, I got the whole, you know, uh, what is age? What is beauty? You know, all that stuff. Um, but I was like, oh, it's, it's nice. But I mean, it really, it's about the, the, the sex and, and the violence. And then I rewatched it and I was like, fuck, this is so much deeper than I thought it was. And I just kept mulling it over and mulling it over. And then I watched a bunch of interviews with Ty West and, and, and the cast. And I was like, okay, I think I, I think I am picking at something that's here. I, I I don't think I'm reading too far into this and I have gone down that, you know, that, that literature teacher rabbit hole where it's like, Oh, look at this and look at this, and look at this. And, you know, in the end, Ernest Hemingway is like, it's a story about a man and a fish, you know? Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and I, I, I think that there is a lot here that Ty West had to say, and, and I'm, pretty sure there's more that i haven't picked up on yet and i want to go back and i want to rewatch it for for all the nuance that's in this story for all the nuance that's in the acting for all the nuance that's that's in the 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 music i mean the fucking music in this movie is fantastic man yeah you know it's yes. it's, it's it's so telling of what's going to happen and and you know in that way it's it's very much like a slasher but it's it's also very new and very modern sounding it's uh it's it's great i mean it's it, it manages to be elevated horror and it manages to be lowbrow at the same time because you know you're you're enjoying the kills and you're thinking about what the fuck that kill meant and your dick's hard you know so it 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 is it, it's like a fucking perfect horror movie man you know like what is there not to like about this if you're a horror fan and you're in particular a slasher fan and I am both so, so Going five, five. I'm going five. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was in that four, four and a yeah. half, and then I started thinking. And that's my problem. So we got what thirteen divided by three. We'll hit that. At, you know, that's four and a third, right? So we can go to four and a half. We can four go to and four a half. And a half. There you yeah, go. We'll go four yeah. and a half. So four and a half. Uh, old man ass cheeks. The final rating here. Um, for <laughs> so that's for really X. like it's 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 two pair and a quarter. Yes. Yes, right? I believe, yeah. I believe okay. that's accurate. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Adam, we really appreciate you kind of, I, I I did not realize when I asked you to come on to do this one that it was going to pull you out of your comfort zone um, being a slasher. So I appreciate you hanging in there and doing it with us. It's It's been great, man. You got anything out there you need the people to know about? Uh, I guess uh, Letterboxd. I, I follow everyone back who follows me. Uh, it's it's actually, it's it's my favorite social media app just because it's just one thing and there's, right. there's no BS. Uh, so 
My letterbox handle is at Condrarian, which is just Contrarian, but with a D because my name's Condra. So it makes sense on paper. It doesn't make sense when you say it out loud. <laughs> when you say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm also at Condrarian on uh, Twitter. You can follow me there where I talk about, uh, you know, video games and nonsense and education. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Done, and then done, done some great video game write-ups too. I didn't even think about those. But, thank you, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, I was a freelancer for five years, so it's it's a muscle that begs to be worked out every so often. But um, uh, you could also anywhere Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, uh, I think it's on Napster as well. I have a comedy album called Back When He Had Hair, which was true in 2018. <laughs> um. So, yeah, like I said earlier, uh, if I disappointed you on this episode, go listen to the album because it's great, um, <laughs> you know, if I do say so myself. But uh, but anyway, yeah, thank you so much. Um, y'all are too kind. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And um, I would I would love to to keep listening to come back in the future. If you uh, actually yeah, we'll, like that again, we'll 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 we'll, they, we'll do a supernatural one and get you get you in your element. Yeah, let's, a if, bit if I could if, if I could talk less about, you know, gonzo pornography, that would be great. <laughs> I'll see what we can find. I Re- sure really hope uh, none of my students were watching this, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. So you can find. No, Adam- I, I, I had a great time, y'all. Thank you so much. I'm so glad, you, I'm glad. You can find Adam on all the social medias at Contrarian. Of course, if you're looking for us, you can find us everywhere at Shiver Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, if you go to shiverpod.com, you will find links to all of our social media, as well as links to where you can find all of our episodes, wherever you get them. And you can find the link to watch us if you're so inclined to see our beautiful faces as we record every week when we do go out on YouTube. And then they're saved there forever. So if you head to <laughs> if you head to <laughs> shiverpod.com, you can find links to all of that in one place. Nice streamlined website. And don't forget, if you really love our logo, located right here. You can head to T Public, where if you look for Geek Bro, you can find uh, not only us, but other podcasts on our network. You can get our merch put on anything. It took me a while to find where that corner was. It's a good logo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great logo. That was actually uh, done by um, uh, a former co-host, uh, Nary, his brother. His brother did that. Uh, it's a great, great logo there. Um, so... I think we hit it all here. I think so. Uh, we've got some really cool stuff coming up for Halloween. We do. We've yeah. got some fun stuff planned. Last, if, if you've been listening for a while, you know, last year we kept teasing Season of the Witch and then stuff fell apart. Yeah. We uh, <laughs> we do have Season of the Witch uh, on, 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 the, on the schedule now for October. So we're going to have some fun this year. Absolutely. So on behalf of all of us here on Shiver, fight you very much.